0: attention real estate agents who want to win more listings want to discover the secrets of how to create wealth and freedom by embracing the listing life without the pain of getting rejected by sellers and losing listings to more experienced agents if so then join me on a very special free webinar event titled how to beat experienced and egotistical listing agents without commission cutting and overpricing On this training, you'll discover the answers every real estate agent needs to know to instantly win more listings, including the six most widely used scripts to get a seller to sign the listing paperwork, the three success hacks to combat an agent with a huge track record of success, and the four easiest statements that instantly get sellers to pay higher commissions these three things, and so, so much more. So if you're serious about wanting to win more listings without getting rejected by sellers and losing listings to more experienced agents, register now for this special event that will show you exactly how to create wealth and freedom by embracing the listing life. Register now at hybendigital.com backslash listing or by texting the word listing, to 444-999 that's listing to 444-999 and make sure to stick around for the huge game-changing offer that you won't receive anywhere else that's listing to 444-999 or online at hybendigital.com backslash listing see you there Wow, we have a great guest today. I got Lee Brown on the line from Charlotte, North Carolina, and she has been making waves for quite some a time. You may recognize her. She had this incredible video. I remember watching it way back when. It, it was like a, a rant on Bank of America, and it just blew up. It was like one of the first real estate-related videos that was from an authentic real estate agent that actually went massively viral, and that's my that was my first sighting of her, and ever since then, I've seen her on Facebook and um, known her to be quite uh, infamous, I should say, in the real estate arena, and I was excited to be able to get her on the show, so without further ado, Lee, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I got to tell you, James Nellis has been telling me for a long time, I need to do whatever Pat Hyman's doing, so... You've got your tentacles out there in the world, too. And I don't know who you are for a long time because my dad made me start going to Star Power right when I got my license.
0: All right. Well, that was awesome. Well, good. Good. I love it. We, so we have some commonality there. So why don't you tell um, everybody like who you are, a little bit of rundown uh, so they can get to know you better.
1: Okay, so I am Lee Brown. I'm a RE/MAX broker owner and team leader in greater Charlotte, North Carolina, which includes Concord and Matthews and Fort Mills. So we work the metro area. I've been in the business for 17 years and I got in when I got so sick and tired of the corporate world like a lot of realtors that need to be able to stretch their wings a little bit and I joined my dad. Who'd been a realtor since 1978, and he was your typical realtor, completely disorganized, but everybody loved him, so he sold houses, but he was never Mr. Systems or Mr. Procedures. And so I came into his business and systematized the thing. He's now retired and it's got a entirely different life of its own. But there's there's nothing that replaces having a mentor in the business, especially when it's your dad. So We had our ribbon cutting last night at our 11th office location and of course my dad was there and everybody loves my dad and of course they all love me like that but that's all right because we all had different personality types which is why real estate works. And so I'm married and I have two kids and we are very vested in our community. So I am really good at the personal branding piece in a way that's not necessarily the same way all realtors have always done it, which we can chat about that a little bit. And my team, by the way, I know people like to know what's actually being sold. We're currently at 105 closings for the year. So we're a little off our normal pace and that like most of our listeners, I'm sure you've got the same kind of issue we do where we've got too many listings closing and not enough buyers because of the inventory situation. So we normally run, A 35-65 split listings to buyers, and this year we're 65-35 listings to buyers, which is great for my listing people, but the buyers agents are pulling their hair out because they fight to win houses for buyers, and the buyers still like to be a little bit picky. So that's our opportunity right now, and we're looking at how we're going to survive that. And we're doing better than surviving, but you know how it is when you've got that competitive realtor spirit; you want to do better and and get better all the time. So that's a little bit about me and what we're doing here.
0: Yeah, that's that's very interesting, the, the whole listings of buyers. I mean, it's good for you, right, as the rainmaker and the leader of the team, right, because you're in control. You're in a power position. Sucks for your agents, right, because they're so addicted to buyer leads and buyer sales, but it's a great lesson for them as to maybe why they shouldn't be so addicted. You know what I mean? They need to be a listing agent, and it, it, it just emphasizes the fact of that. Um, but uh, but anyways, let's get into some nitty gritty. Now, uh, you know, all of our listeners that come on, we talk about ECI, which is Ego Commission Income. What was your ECI last year, uh, Lee, your your gross commission income or your Ego Commission Income?
1: Oh, so see, I don't even track that because I only track my net income, so I can calculate it for you pretty quickly. It was around 2.1 million. So I can do that just based on our average yeah. side, yeah. but 2.1 I don't,
0: million. Okay. I don't and care then,
1: about so, that number. So,
0: absolutely. so what's your profit?
1: Well, my profit last year was what went into my bank account after paying for the team, the marketing and everything was
0: 36%. Okay. So, you know, about 700 grand, 800 grand, uh, to you, which is very, uh, which is good, right? Not quite a million dollars, but but uh, seven eight hundred grand, which is great for anyone. All right, so business sixty five percent listings. Where are those listings coming from?
1: So when I look at my spreadsheet, because I track everything, and I hope that the listeners on this show are super trackers, because the agents who succeed in the business are. The bulk right now, let me just hit sort on this because I can sort so quickly. The bulk are coming from past clients. Second place would be Sphere. Third place is agent referrals right now. So one thing I want to mention in talking about the whole agent referral piece, because that's a nut that many realtors never do figure out how to crack. They join organizations, they join mastermind groups, and they can't figure out why they never get the referral opportunities. The first thing I would tell you as to why I have so many, and in fact, I'll tell you, this year we've closed 19 agent referrals. And so out of 102 sides, it's pretty solid. And I say primarily it's because I share every single thing that I do. And this was a lesson I had to learn in the business because my first nine years in, I just took. I went to all the conferences and conventions and took ideas in and I'd implement them and sell more houses. But when my business really took to the next level was when I started just giving it all out there. That attitude of abundance is enormous. And I think you know that as well as anyone, because that was what star power was, was this ability for realtors to completely be open kimono with their sharing. So that changes your ability to get referrals. And the second thing that I learned to do early on was to not be a Concord, North Carolina realtor. I'm a North Carolina realtor. So as I work with agents across the world now through my training and educational side of me, they just reach out to me when they hear North Carolina. So if they say, Raleigh, that's not my market, but I can give them Linda Trevor and Marty Hampton and Steven Norris, I can give them a few names they could then interview. They need somebody in Wilmington, I can give them Buddy Bankston, I can give them Patrice Willett. I mean, it's a huge opportunity when you are willing to be the conduit for information. The getting sphere referrals, we've learned on that to quit thinking of our database as a sphere because it's two different things. And early in real estate, my training was probably the same as your early in real estate training, which was you meet somebody, get their address, their name, and their phone number, and now they're in your sphere of influence. Well, that's not true at all because if they can't speak to you at the grocery store, then they're not in your sphere of influence. So... We've gotten really targeted on those referral relationships, but we don't call them referrals anymore. We learn to ask our clients to recommend us. And once we started using the word recommend instead of referral, huge change in the number of opportunities that we get by threefold because I've tracked all of that. Now they feel comfortable sending us people because they like recommending us, but they don't like to refer us because referral is money language. And as realtors, we use money language all the time, and that's why people hate us. They hate the idea of commission sales. They hate that they feel like we're taking money off the top, even though we work very hard for what we do. So if you make that one little shift in your language, it can completely change that relationship.
0: I love that word. I've always loved that word, recommend. I always tell... You know, agents, you know, when you go to a doctor, the doctor gives you a recommendation. When you go to a lawyer, especially, they're going to tell you, before you leave the room, they're going to be, my recommendation is you do X, right? And that's professional. Yes. You'll get pissed at them if they don't recommend. And But why don't realtors recommend? You know, I recommend you buy this house, or I recommend you make this offer, you know? It's, it's a very powerful word. Word. So uh, all right so let's get into some nitty-gritty with uh, meat and potatoes on like how to build a referral business because that's what you've done successfully. I like how you said hey you know you could talk about repeat referral business all day long and quite frankly it's become quite a cliche and that a lot of people you know come on the show and want to talk about that and, and I, I want to try to talk about ways to get businesses that we haven't heard of so let's talk about if you could break it down into like a a five or ten or seven step process as to how someone in another state in another city can build an agent referral base where they're getting 40 a year or so uh, that turn into commissions like you are what would that be
1: So step one is figure out what you're good at in real estate. So are you good with buyers? Are you good with scripts and dialogues and objections? Are you good with marketing pieces? Are you good with sellers? What are you good at? And if you're the realtor who tells me you're good at everything, I'm going to tell you you're a liar because nobody's good at everything. You might be okay at everything, but what's the one thing that makes you stand apart? So you figure out what that is and figure out how you could share what you're doing that makes you so great at that, whether it's a five minute sharing moment or 10 minutes, it doesn't have to be much. So figure out what you have to provide to others. Then you've got to put on the cloak of strength and confidence so that you'll share this, even if you're sharing it inside your own marketplace because you're going to have a fear, that sharing your wonderful idea is going to result in all of your competitors immediately doing the same thing. And the reality is most realtors are lazy and they will never do your wonderful idea. They'll write it down and dutifully say that it's a game changer. And then their phone rings. They got distracted and didn't do it. So you're really safe to share. And this is something that I learned through Because I was used to sharing some of what I did, but I didn't share it all. Once I started sharing it all, it changes. And then, again, you find out they're not doing it anyway. So you could tell them every year, present the same presentation every time. They won't do it. So now you've got a topic and you've got some confidence. Third thing you have to do is get outside of your market. So whether you're using organizations like the Women's Council or CRS, which of course I'm president of CRS this year, so I'm a big fan of that network for its level of education, or it's your state conferences and conventions, or it's other top producing realtors. So say you're involved with Patrick Lilly's event with Real Estate Success Rocks, or say that you're listening to podcasts like this and you want to be somebody who shares that one idea that you have. You've got to figure out where can you invest your money and your time if you're on a tight budget then offer to be a guest on podcast as a podcast recorder myself and you know pat we always need great guests who have something new to share so tell us who you are and that's going to give you a platform to share which will bring you back the results and if you're a convention person because you're a face-to-face person You'll pick a network and you got to go. And when you go, do not hang out with people you've already met in the past. That is not going to build you any referrals long-term, hanging out with the same three people. I know you like them, but you've got to go meet other people. So I would say that if you are in, for example, Wichita, Kansas, you'll look at the IRS and census data. So turn on your nerd hat a little bit, do some research on migration patterns for who comes and goes to Wichita from wherever it is. And then you want to make referral connections in those cities. So if the primary target for Wichita is Minneapolis, Minnesota, who would think that might be possible? Hey, well go to a CRS class in Minneapolis. Go to the Minnesota State Convention and meet those people. You'll be the only Wichita agent there. In fact, you're the only Kansas agent there. So this is what I'm talking about. You'll be their resource for all things in flyover country there in Kansas. And that's readily available data. It's just that most realtors, you get so busy and then you get hung up, worried about things you read in Inman and things you heard in Riz Media. You forget that the data outside of our industry might have a more powerful impact. So you're gonna invest a couple thousand dollars to go to these events. Go and then go have coffee with somebody and have lunch with somebody else and hang out in the lobbies. You cannot go to bed early as much as you might want to because I am a morning person, not a night owl. I love to do coffee meetings when I go to conventions because I will meet somebody to run at four, I will meet them for coffee at five. But if you need me to drink with you at midnight, I am not your person because I don't drink around realtors, so you don't have to do the whole cocktail thing if you are not interested in that scene, so don't take that as a requirement, but that's a couple of ways you can get started being a referral machine, because you'll see that it's not about people tagging you on Facebook. That's driving me crazy right now. Somebody says, hey, I need a realtor in Jacksonville, Florida, and they post that on Facebook, and then it becomes a popularity contest of 87 names sauced in there, and while I'm grateful to be the person that's generally tagged in for Charlotte, North Carolina, I really just want to shake these agents and say that is not how you select somebody to represent your clients by looking for names on Facebook. So you want to go build those face-to-face relationships and yes, it's going to cost you money, but the rewards are huge over the long term and it's not just the referral business where you get rewarded. I mean, I look at what you've done, Pat, you and James and Sten and Tim have built a core of men who have similar faith and integrity and values focus. And you also all sell a heck ton of houses, but what you're building is a life in real estate that is deeper than transactions and commission. And I know that you all make money on the business side of what y'all are doing together, but what y'all are doing in building life together is something most realtors are missing out on right now.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. I, I I love this in so many ways. I mean, when I was at Remax, I always went to the Remax convention. I, I, you know, when, when and any brokerage that I've been at, and I've been at like five. I always utilize them to the best that I could. You know, I you know, go to all the conventions, the local ones. You know, go to your state convention, go to your NAR, the the Patrick Lilly event, the, all that stuff, and and uh, think with the mindset of don't think about trying to make 40 referrals like Lee Brown does think about don't think about the money you'd make. Let's say you make, you know, 400 grand or, or don't think about making a million dollars. Think about giving a million dollars in value back. That's what she's done. She's given a million dollars back in free advice through these conventions and through these events and through CRS, right? Cause you don't get paid for, for you get paid for running CRS.
1: No, not okay. a cent. There but so it's an true. opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it's an opportunity to give tons.
0: tons And CRS agents, by the way, if you're not a CRS, definitely be because they stay within the lines. Like they, they will only refer to other CRSs. I mean, absolutely. they will bypass, you know, 30 non-CRSs to get to the one CRS to give them a referral. And it's a huge referral source. Absolutely huge referral source. So everything. And then what you've done, Lee, is you've taken it to a whole other level uh, with social media. And I want to talk about that. And I think the best way to start is, can you tell us the Bank of America story about how that happened and what that's all about, just as if someone's never seen it or, or heard it and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, that was crazy. That was in 2011. So if you remember, that was the ugliest part of the market, no matter where you were in the country. And I did a ton of short sales. So as the market had turned... I dove headfirst into education doing the CDPE stuff that Alex Sharpen had put out there and then doing additional education from the other groups who were very slow to follow him, which is one of the reasons I work really hard with CRS to make sure education is more timely. So in that process, we were working a ton of short sales and had a problem with the Bank of America one. And so what had happened is... The bank has two arms. You have the foreclosure arm and you have the short sale arm and they do not talk to each other. So we represented the seller on a short sale and the property was really close to foreclosure. Well, we closed it and then after closing the foreclosure arm, went to the house to do the trash out. And if you're not familiar with that kind of property because you're a newer realtor, get educated right now because the market's
0: moving... Let me let me slow this down. When you say you closed it.
1: It was done. Changed hands. Deed recorded. Buyer in the house. Buyer
0: bought it. You worked a short sale. And you were the listing agent, right?
1: I was a listing agent, and so, okay. it, was so
0: it was done. done. It was buyers solid. in the house. Everybody signed. The buyers in the house. Okay.
1: Money's changed hands. Bank of but America but got there their payoff.
0: Stuff still left in the house, you say? Because you use the word "trash out." That's like a foreclosure word. Yeah,
1: the buyers in the house with their boxes because they've moved in because they closed okay. on. Okay. Okay. But That's the cool. short sale department at Bank of America doesn't talk to the foreclosure department, so the foreclosure department was proceeding. And in a foreclosure, when the bank takes the house, they empty it out. So that's called trash out. Well, and now I got you it. Okay. So change they the went in and, and trashed
0: out. out this new buyer's furniture and new buyer's boxes. And they're like, what are you doing?
1: They would have if the buyer hadn't been home. So the buyer was home when the trash yeah, out crew yeah. came. When a new uh, realtor showed up and said, you yeah, uh, all ain't here. coming in here. And of course, the trash out crews at that time were all armed because you never knew what you were finding yeah. yeah, Yeah buyers got these burly men outside carrying guns fixing to take everything out of the house and they flipped so of course they called their agent who called me and said what the heck and I said I don't, know, I don't know what's going on here so I called the short sale department at Bank of America and I said, y'all you have your money it's closed what's going on and the guy in the short sale department was like oh, it happens and I'm like, what? like what? what do you mean it happens he's like ah eh. You know, So I said, so are we supposed to now give advice to buyers that you should have an armed guard at your house 24-7 after closing? And the Bank of America guy said, that's not a bad idea. And so that was when I lost my cool because oh I'm my like, God. Bank of America just said you should have an armed guard once you buy one of their short sale properties. So I picked up my little iPhone and I put it in black and white mode. So it looked really noir, which is kind of funny. I got a lot of nasty feedback on that. But hey, I was new. So I held had my my listing manager hold my phone to make the video so it wasn't full selfie. And I went off. And so what happened in that 45 second video was we put it on YouTube because this is before Facebook really did video. And it went viral pretty quickly and I had a call from Bank of America within an hour because all the big banks have staff that monitor social media because just use the right handle and the right hashtag they picked up on it. Vice president's on the phone with me shortly because of course their headquarters are here in Charlotte and he wanted to know what had happened and I gave him what for. And of course they fixed everything and it was an aha moment for me because I had all this notoriety. I mean that video wound up on CNBC and it Mm -hmm. was on the consumerist and it wound up all, over the place how many how many
0: views has it had
1: oh well, it was only at like sixty-eight thousand, but that was pretty viral in, thousand those in like days. 24 hours yeah yeah so
0: is it still there can we see it
1: it's well, i had to relist it because we've cleaned off the youtube channel and made the mistake of taking down all the old videos which included that one so i lost all the views but it's there now so look up best bank rant ever is how yeah. cnbc flagged it and it's it's in black and white and it's kind of funny but um well, the aha moment was for me on that was video got a solution for this buyer in a way that phone calls weren't getting done. You know, an email's never going to get that done because who even reads emails at a bank? So, video became the way I could Well, yeah, I mean it's a,
0: it's it is a very short distance from A to B and the repercussions are, are minimal. What are they, they going to do? And it's the same reason why Trump uses Twitter. And people, right. Oh, no, you got to do other means. No, you don't. I mean, Twitter, it's a very quick way from A to B, and it, and it's acceptable in society now. So I think people are always afraid, right? I mean, were you afraid that Bank of America was going to come try to silence you, or or did you have no fear in doing that?
1: Well, I'm generally known as somebody with no fear and that's, it's, it's still hard. I mean, I still get my feelings hurt when people talk bad about me because when you put yourself out there for solutions, you'll get the same thing Trump does. I mean, he gets as many negatives as he gets positives because he is, he's very non-filtered, which I respect because I'd rather know that somebody's right, wrong, or unhinged instead of the fully polished version that we all try to be. We've, we've had polished and that's how we wind up with the gridlock we have. So if you look at this, I have a very distinctive Southern accent, which means that other Southerners like that. And some Yankees want to make fun of it and deduct IQ points and call me names like Gomer Pyle and Beverly hillbillies. And- <laughs> I mean, I get all Especially of
0: that on YouTube. Right? They love Woo! people. Love to have negative remarks.
1: They do, but, but you I can't mean, cut off the comments though, because if you turn off the comments, you get nastiness. So anyway, you, gotta,
0: you know, it just it just comes with the territory. I had somebody rate my book the other day. They said, oh. obviously, Mister Hyben's success in real estate does not transpire to his to his success in being a writer. One mm-hmm. star.
1: <laughs> and if you go <laughs> I just had to laugh. How many books have you written, Jacqueline? Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, I just went. There.
1: It's people who live in their mama's yeah. basement because they don't buy houses anymore. Anyway.
0: Right, it. exactly. No, I looked her up because on Amazon you could click on it and see <laughs> some college student. All her other books were like fiction. I was the only non-fiction. I have no idea. I think she was just staying up late, smoking weed, like making funny comments, just like a good snowflake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's a toolbox? A toolbox is a box full of tools that you use to build something great. Do you want to build your real estate business into something great? Something massively profitable and productive? Well, we've got a toolbox for you. Basically, we've collected all the tools that the rock stars of the past have given to us over the years. And uh, Many times these tools come in the form of a checklist, they come in a form of a postcard that they're sending out that's very different and extremely effective. Uh, They come in many different forms and, and many of you have gone online to the show notes and downloaded these toolboxes. The challenge is you have to go back through each episode to each show notes on the website and download them one by one. Well, I've put them all together. And I've created the Real Estate Rockstar Toolbox. And I'm giving this toolbox away free. Tons of items of utility from many of our past rockstar guests. All you got to do is go to hybindigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybindigital.com backslash toolbox. Or I'll make it easy. Simply text toolbox to 444 That's toolbox to 444 Use the tools that the rock stars are using to make more and more commissions every day. All right, so, um, so you did that, and then now, now you're all over Facebook, that sort of thing. Like, how often are you posting your, um, and I called them rants earlier, you didn't like that term, but how often are you posting your, your, I guess not your podcast, we'll talk about that in a second, but just, you know, you talking into your phone about real
1: estate. Oh, it's funny. I mean, the rants are the most popular things, but I'm in general, like a crazy, overly optimistic person. I mean, there's a reason Nellis is my not quite brother. I mean, I live life overly positive and people just love the rants. They love to say, yeah, they want to, feel beat, you know, wildly passionate with you. And, you know, I've made some calmer, kinder videos. They don't go anywhere. So anyway, my actual real viral video was a rant about end of grade testing in the public schools that I did last May. And that wound up with 1.7 million views because it really tapped into what other people were feeling but wouldn't say because most people are afraid of whatever could be said about them that there's, you know, they're going to be disparaged for their look or their sound or their words. And so they never say anything. So I think that's why rants are popular because you're tapping into that quiet hidden psyche of other people and into their fears. So anyway, I try to post at least a video a week, I try not to do a lot more than that just because it's going to be exhaustion on the part of my loyal followers And I do have a lot of really loyal followers and they watch everything and give me great feedback. But I also know that there are people who hire me because of my video. And that's the fun part is that they'll call me to list a house and say, I've I've watched all your videos. I know you. So they totally feel like they know everything about me and how I run the business because in my videos, it's a mix of house information, community information, how to do real estate better, you know, tips for curb appeal and, tips for keeping deer out of your flower beds and that kind of stuff. And so the consumer who watches that feels like that's a realtor who knows their game and should be the one to list their house. And they also feel that there's already a connection with you because over email and telephone, you really can't build connection. And I think this is why video is the most underutilized tool of our real estate generation, because most realtors are scared to death of it. But Facebook, totally favors Facebook live and their algorithms are built to favor different things. A written status update gets almost no views. If you share a video from YouTube, Facebook suppresses that because it's not their media channel. If you upload a video, you get more traction, but when you do Facebook live, they gather your audience for you. And so I want to make sure I'm using the best tools available without getting anybody fatigued by that. So, You've got to kind of put a plan together for what works. And one of my favorite realtors to watch, her name is Kristen Nelson and she's up in Bedford, New Hampshire. She does this really cool thing called Tuesday Tips. And every Tuesday she makes a little video. And my favorite of hers she was talking about selling your house when you have little kids. Well, Kristen has little kids. And so she makes this video with no makeup on and her hair up and in her bathrobe and her living room is a hot mess and her kids are in front of her and the cat walks through and she's talking to the camera about <laughs> man, if, if your house is on the market, here's what you're going to have to do. And she's like, throw everything in the laundry basket and put it in the car and run. And it was so relatable. And she had people taking that video and sharing it to their friends because that's the realtor they want is the one who gets it. Right. The one who's all polished and perfect. And then the seller's living this life with little kids and dogs and they're panicked about a showing. Well, they don't understand why the realtor gets mad at them. But if the realtor looks like them and lives like them, the advice becomes very personal. And so Social media and video are giving us an opportunity that we've never had before. And if you're a realtor out there who's not doing video, you are squandering an enormous opportunity.
0: Wow. Yeah. So many things are coming to mind. So many things are coming to mind. First of all, I know that in acting school, they teach acting is overacting, right? Overacting. Everything in acting is, you might not know it. You might notice it in like Jim Carrey and the comedians, but in sim- if you pay attention in simple, just just television shows that you're watching, pay really close attention. You'll notice that it's if you if you watch it slowly, they're always overacting. And I think that same applies for podcasts. It applies for videos that you do. You have to overact. Same so yes. thing is uh, you have to be overly authentic. I think that uh, it's a known fact. Psychology. So there's tons of psychological studies that that. If I were to meet you and I said, look at this family picture of this incredible family and everybody has shining teeth and it's perfect and whatever, and, and you know, we could bond on some level, but if I were to sit down with you and say, Lee, you know, I'm struggling because my wife is a heroin addict, right, Or, or my brother, or I'm... I have foot cancer or whatever. I'm just pulling these things out of my butt. But you know, if I if I share with you a reality that's kind of dark or kind of like embarrassing, people will like you a hundred times better
1: Yes. Right? Their their
0: their empathy is right there, and I think that applies to your 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 rants, your overacting, your your um. Your sense of humor—it applies certainly to this this lady with you know diapers and shit laying all around the house and and uh, her hair is a mess and her uh, you know she's in a robe and she's trying to text people back and so you got to think that way. No one wants to just see somebody shooting a video in their car, um, you know, saying go 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 right, and everything's perfect. Uh, it'll, it's just going to get lost. And there's also um, some other real key things you guys should be writing down here about the algorithms. She is 100% correct. It's basically like putting a, buying a, a billboard on, a, you know, if you do face, Facebook Live, it's like having a billboard on a 10-lane highway versus having a billboard on a little tiny country road by posting some words, a, a status update, and they're both free. So for the same price, you can have a a billboard on a little country road, or you can have it on a 10-lane highway for the same exact price. You need to be doing the Facebook Live videos. I mean, they're working. So let's jump right into, Lee, let me talk about your podcast because you're getting a lot of traction there, and and it's, 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 it's hilarious. Tell me about
1: it. So first of all, I'm totally stealing that analogy about Facebook Live and the roads, and I'll give you all the credit when I use that, but that's so perfect. Anyway... So my podcast is called Crazy Shit in Real Estate, and again, I've got some negative feedback for having the word shit in the title, which is hilarious to me because people get so self-righteous when about words that are pretty much in the common vernacular, but anyway. so Every rap
0: song and every single movie ah. that you go see in the movie theater is laced with curse words. I think that's funny how people react to different things like it's okay in a movie even a pg movie i mean the some, some of the r movies there there you can count the cuss words as like a hundred some and people walk out of there and they're like they don't really say oh there was too much cuss words right
1: right and, it's not the world we grew up in when abc shows didn't have anything in them right. now i mean every it's everywhere so anyway it, I'm, and i'm known to be a little bit salty i don't go over the big line because I I do have limits, but the whole point of the podcast is as realtors and you know this, you meet realtors and the first thing they want to tell you is their war story that, Oh, well you had that happen. Mm, Get what happened to me. They're forever one up in each other with what happened in their real estate lives. Because in this business, there's zero way to prepare a new realtor for what they're going to see and experience because every day it's something that you're like for real. So I, my, one of my favorite stories was the closing that I had that got delayed because the buyer lost his prosthetic leg and he had to use his down payment money to get a new prosthetic leg. And so we're like, uh, uh, uh,
0: <laughs> can't make I
1: can't make it up. So the seller totally believed it, which it was true because who would make that up? So anyway, you know, that stuff just happens in our lives. But as realtors, we're always under attack by the media and by the general public for not doing enough for what we're paid. And as realtors, we don't do a great job of explaining what happens in our daily lives. I think of us as that classic motivational poster that's got the duck swimming and he looks real smooth and underneath he's paddling like hell and that's what realtors do. You're doing a zillion things but you never tell anybody because you're so busy trying to look perfect. So in this podcast we talk about the crazy things that have happened and it's been some crazy shocking, crazy sad, some crazy really good things that have happened because I also love the really really happy ending stories that have occurred. And as each realtor, and we've also had some inspectors and a surveyor, appraiser, investors, and some consumers who shared their stories too. And what they'll do is we're, they'll tell the story and we come back to the end of this is how professional realtors or how professional inspectors or how consumers live through this stuff. And the audience listening to this is kind of fascinating because it's not all realtors. We're getting about a 30% uh, listening view, listening viewers, viewers, listeners, yeah, that are consumers. yeah. So the consumers are eating this up because they, they they love the voyeuristic thing that we get to go through in real estate. And you they
0: love it. Look at the flipping shows. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, my wife you know, my wife's never flipped a house in her life, but she can't stop watching the flipping shows. You know, that magnolia and she's reading their books and all I, that. I
1: love the game. Oh, yeah. They're fabulous. <laughs>
0: So, all right. So, give me a couple other ones. Like, what? Um, give Give me a sad one, and give me a, um, a happy ending one. So,
1: I had to have Steve Westmark tell the famous open house story. Do you know Steve Westmark's famous? Yeah, I know Steve. I, his, that?
0: his best story is in my mind that I always remembers him. You know, puncturing his lung in Australia on a vacation, and and having to take a three week boat trip to get back because he couldn't fly back to the United States. Uh, um, doctor's orders. So in order for him to get back, guys, he had to take three weeks on a boat with a bunch of sailors by himself while all his everybody he went to Australia with flew back. And talk about being out of pocket with real estate. Think about right. it. But, but anyways, go ahead. I digress.
1: But you also, and you knowing Steve, you know there's no discomfort to being on a boat with strangers for three weeks. Yeah. Like they're all his best friends now. But he told the story that Is actually like one of my favorites ever where he was having an open house and in the process of holding the open house, you've got some people coming and going and the cellar is in the bed, hasn't moved. And as it turns out, as you can guess, the cellar was dead and Steve had cleaned the house and gotten everything ready. And so his fingerprints are on everything in the house. And then he realizes the cellar is dead in the master bedroom and he calls the cops and gets questioned because... He's in the house and he's got fingerprints on everything and they finally, you know, released him and he didn't even get to sell the house then because it goes into the estate. So, you know, it's just this whole thing of, you realtors hate to do open houses, but how much more fun to tell your prospective seller when they say, oh, do you do opens? You're like, well, let's talk about your medical history first, you know, should I hold an open as your house or not? Because they don't, you know, nobody thinks that this could ever happen because on TV, these HGTV shows, the open house has 40 couples that come through and they all make an right, offer.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, do yeah, yeah.
1: You don't ever see the dead seller in the bedroom. And then my personal favorite story is Sean Moore and he's in Columbia, Missouri. And Sean's a former police officer. So he brings a fantastic perspective to real estate. And he was out working with some buyers and they were looking at new construction. So they went to go look at a spec home in this community on a Friday evening and when they pull up to the house, they can see in the windows, it's all lighted. There's people in the house shooting a porn movie. And so Sean's like, uh, 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 he calls the listing agent. He's like, Hey dude, there's a, there's some stuff going on in here. Listing agent's like, Oh, it's no big deal. The builder knew all about it. And so he was very much ah, just a porn movie being shot in the house. And Sean's buyers are like, are they going to replace the carpet, which, that cracked me up and of course they bought something else, but these are the kind of things that a new licensee has no idea they're gonna run into. <laughs> As a professional realtor, you know, it's the way that you respond to these things and the way that it builds relationship with your clients through the long term that is what makes your real estate business successful over time. And so that's the, the whole purpose of the podcast is to take the stories and show how there's a professionalism aspect to everything that we say and do and hopefully help our realtor listeners do a better job conducting their business and help consumers also understand a little more about what their realtors go through.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, there's so, I can, uh, so many come to mind. And there's some crazy, crazy stuff that happens. And you're right, everybody has a story, right? Everybody has one story. Well, Lee, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming on. What I'm going to do, guys, I'm going to put all of Lee's information on hybendigital.com backslash Lee Brown and is that L-E-I-G-H, right?
1: That is correct. Yep. And, and if anybody listens to this episode and you put out a really meaningful tweet and you tag at Lee Brown in it, and Pat, what's the hashtag you use for the show?
0: Keep rocking.
1: All right, so you use hashtag Keep Rockin' and put in at Lee Brown. Then I'm going to give away, let's say, five copies of my book to the best tweets that Pat and I see after this episode comes out. So you might get a surprise in the mail if you listen and tweet your best moment from this episode or from any of Pat's other shows.
0: There you go. Great idea. And so I'll put all her information in there. I'll put her, her uh, Twitter handle and, and all her contacts on social media. I'll put a link to her book which I've bought myself and listened to, which is awesome. And uh, I'll put a link to uh, her podcast as well. So if you have a good uh, story of crazy shit that happens in real estate that you think is deserving, there's already 80 episodes, you know, reach out there, get on the show. It's a, it's a fun, fun radio show. So again, Lee, thanks. Best of luck to you in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, next time I'm in the area, we'll get together and break some bread.
1: And hey, are you going to come on my podcast? Can I count on you for an episode? Yeah, yeah. I've got one
0: story is popping up in my mind, but uh, I I know I've got funnier ones. So yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Awesome. We'll set that up. Thank you for having me on the show. I hope that all the listeners got something to help make their real estate lives better.
0: Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We're so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already, Six Steps to Seven Figures, A Real Estate Agent's Guide to Building Wealth and Creating Your Destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face to face someday. But in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking.